evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to talk about yet another win, how boring it is to talk about this team week in and week out, 17 wins on the season. I believe that uh, they tied their... uh, total number of wins or the record number of wins at home in the season this past week with their 11th win they will break it if they win their final home match uh yeah super boring yawn this team's too good (laughs) (laughs) could be worse uh then we've got evan loro on the show later on he hasn't been on in two seasons if you can believe that i couldn't i thought that he was on more recently than that and uh bonus he is on the road in St. Louis, staying in a hotel with Chris Lemma as his roommate. And Lemma makes a, a very, very slight cameo during that interview. So I, I think you guys will enjoy that. And then we'll preview matches. Very big week for Red Bulls, too. They've got St. Louis, who's on a tear right now, and Louisville City. Both very tough outs, both on the road. And Indy 11 is tied with them and has a game in hand. Huge, huge week for this team. And joining me tonight, as most nights, it's Joe Steen. Hello, Joe. How are you? Good, Joe. How are you? I heard a rumor that you were trying to catch a mouse this past week. Is that true? Uh, yeah. Um, I didn't, unfortunately, catch him. I did catch him, actually. Uh, I was able to um, grab a picture with him, which was... Uh, it was, a, it was a fun time. The mouse in question. I, I thought that that would be a uh, a lead into you talking about having gone to Disney World, but instead you doubled down on just a weird mouse <laughs> sentence. No, it sounds uh, like you were actually trying to find a real mouse and take uh, a picture with him. No, I mean, I did manage to grab a picture uh, with, with uh, Mickey and uh, enjoyed Disney World a lot. Um, it's always a fun time. It's the happiest place on Earth, so uh, you, you have to be happy there. Uh, I, I actually... I, people who are mad there, I kind of feel like you you, sh- you should just not be allowed in the park. Like, I, I think that's fair. Or you, you can give out some kind of a, like laughing gas. Look, the, <laughs> the thing is, I mean, yeah, it's it's you should be happy at Disney, but uh, you probably have children with you, and it's very easy to not be happy in Disney with children uh, in the heat, in the lines, and just children in general. They are very very cranky beings. You know, you know what was weird is because it's. I think it's their downtime before um, the Halloween parties start, mm-hmm. which they actually started this weekend. Uh, our longest wait on a line was twenty five minutes. That makes sense. You know what? Probably September is the best time to go. Everybody's back in school. Yep. Yeah. All right. Noted. Duly noted. I'll have it to is, pick a year it, where we punt on the season. <laughs> the school it season. Is very, that is. It, it is very hot there, um, but uh, I would say. Uh, Pretty much, it was you know we, we for the most part, uh, and it's food and wine at Epcot, so you can't beat that. I mean, you know, you get to go to other countries, and you know they have all, you know, um, like uh, little sh- not little shops, but like little kiosks that that uh, from like different countries, as opposed to the countries that are already there that like serve food and wine stuff like that, different food, you know, different beer, different wine uh, or liquor. But it was a lot of fun. I mean, um, it was just a good time. Excellent, excellent. Glad that you had a good time. Uh, did what was the uh, in in Epcot? 
so I mean, it's fun to go from country to country. What was the food that you had down there that uh, that ranks the highest? What's the most memorable thing you ate? Oh, um, it was probably either in China or um, they had an Australian, um, like it was uh, like shrimp with Australia um, from like Australia. That was uh, it was really 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 good. Uh, I can't remember what was in it, but it was really good. But I mean, you go to China and you get. Um, you know, uh, uh, chicken and, um, just rice. And that's just, it's so good. Uh, or, or Japan where you can get sushi and other stuff. I don't know. It's hard to pick. I would say either, I would probably say Australia though with the, with the shrimp. Okay. That's fair. Shrimp are delicious. There's no getting around that. What else is delicious? A win over Charlotte. Uh, the, the Red Bulls, I mean, maybe, uh, despite their second half, half performance, Got another big win at home. Things are just on a different level for them right now. And when we talk about this game, it's impossible to not talk about Jared Stroud. He has a goal and an assist in this one. I mean, the the opening assist, you have to give some credit to Charlotte. It's unforced turnover, really. Jared Stroud's able to just kind of walk away with the ball. But give him credit for playing in a nice ball to Matias Jorensen. And nice, easy finish up one nothing things are going very well they probably could have gotten a couple more goals in the first half but it didn't quite work out um second half a little bit of a different story team came out a little bit flat they struggled to you know get possession and to clear lines uh as charlotte you know attacked and attacked and attacked but you know give everyone a, a lot of credit for standing tall doing their jobs keeping the clean sheet and walking out of there with another three points yeah, I, I mean, like you said, we have to mention Jared, and I think uh, he's as much as Daniel Rio, uh, Daniel Rios has been scoring for Nashville. I think Jared Stroud has been the best. I would say the best attacker in uh, the Eastern Conference this year. I mean, just his numbers alone are uh, incredible, and he just seems to be getting better every game. I mean, you know, unforced turnover on the first goal, he makes a great pass. Jorgensen buries it, then he scores a very nice goal. Uh, to put to basically ice the game, uh, they had they had a few chances in the second half that I think uh, they should have converted. When uh, I think it was Chris Lemma's shot uh, was spilled and Ben Mines just couldn't get to it in time. Uh, but they had, I mean, th- you know, this team again they just continue to win at home. Uh, I got to give another good shout out to uh, our guest uh, Evan Loro who made a gr- made a great save on Herrera after a, a bad turnover by Nealis. Uh, and I, I think the midfield of Kofi and, and Lemma continues to get better every game. And, you know, it just, they, they, everything seems to be clicking for this team. I mean, I know they lost really a, a, a tough loss to, to Indy 11, despite dominating most of the game, but they rebounded really well this week. Yeah. I, I'm going to go point by point on these because I think you brought up, uh, three great things that we should talk about first, obviously Jared Stroud. Uh, you mentioned that goal in the second half. There was a moment in the first half where he has almost the exact same look. He's able to cut inside. Uh, he takes an extra touch uh, instead of firing in the shot and tries to play in a pass. He, he chips in a little ball, but it doesn't work out. And um, at the match, I had uh, uh, Gary sitting next to me, Gary Redman, uh, another RBNN, and of course, Red Bull's uh, discussion group rbdg the infamous rbdg on facebook um 
he's sitting next to me. He turned to me and he was like, he's got to shoot that. How does he not shoot that? That, you know, and we talked about it a little bit. And then in the second half, he gets the same look. He decides to pull the trigger this time and, and buries the goal. And we were able to ask him after the game. And he said, yeah, you know, uh, I took an extra touch. And that was definitely on my mind when he, he, he fired in the shot. So glad it, it reminded me a lot of make the run jared because <laughs> here it is but in a uh, a much smaller time frame where he he recognized uh, where he came up short earlier and he rectified it later in the game fantastic stuff ben mines it's good to see him back out there just in general to get a good solid uh, run of minutes because we really haven't seen too much of that this year i thought he had a, a good game not a great game probably could have had a goal his uh his his chance to try to um, put in the Chris Lima shot that or Lemma, you got me saying Lima, uh, Chris Lemma shot that uh, was spilled. He probably could have done better with that. I think my actual exclamation at the time was, "How was that not a goal?" <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it's not so bad. But because it was one nothing, you know, it was a little bit of a worry at the time. But I think just overall, it's good to see him. I think continuing to see him out there and getting reps is only going to be good for him and, and his growth as a player. And hopefully he stays healthy and makes the most of these minutes. I really want to see him and finish up well. And it's something we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really good to see Mines. I mean, get back out there. He's really had some in, uh, unfortunate injuries the past couple seasons that's it's kind of slowed his progression or his progression. But I think uh, I think there was a lot of good things to see from him in this game. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to he's a big not only, you know, if he starts, but I mean, coming off the bench and making an impact. I mean, we saw what he did in the uh, the playoff game. I believe it was two seasons ago where he came off the bench and scored two goals. Yep. Um, so just having him as a death piece, uh, depth piece for their stretch, you know, for their, for the, you know, the running games in the season because they're. You know, they kind of, they're you know, their schedule kind of gets a little, I believe they have two games in five days or two day, uh, two games in five days twice then the season. So just, you know, someone to rotate in and the fact that he's, you know, getting minutes uh, and looks healthy is a really good sight. Yes, indeed. I agree with that. Um, the other thing that we talked about right there was Jean-Christophe Kofi, who again, put in another great performance. I think he and the team in general had sort of a down second half, but when he was on in the first half, he was all over the field. A lot of great defensive bite. His distribution was spot on. And I think we talked to uh, JP in the uh, the RBNN group. JP had called him uh, the rookie of the year candidate early <laughs> in the season. Obviously, that didn't quite come to pass, but I think you're seeing a lot of why people were excited about him to begin with and the qualities that he has as an attacking player are very useful on the other end of the ball. And, you know, despite the fact that he uh, wishes to play and is playing a, a more defensive um, uh, sort of number six role, but has the tools of a guy who could play an eight or a 10, I think really helps him out, especially in the system, because, you know, everyone sort of having the ability to pass the ball and move the ball and make those kinds of runs and be smart about uh, their release and uh, the way that they take their first touch. 
that's all really, really important. And, and he's been doing that really well. Yeah, it seems uh, since when you asked him about if he, you know, what role he prefers to play, and he's kind of played that destroyer role that he's really, really taken it upon himself to put in just great performance after great performance. And, you know, we talked about it earlier in the season because Kyle Zayetz was playing so well that maybe, you know, had he uh, taken over Kofi's spot. But Kofi's kind of, since the uh, since he's come back, has really, really just put in great performance after great performance. It, we, we knew it was going to take some time for him and Lemma to, to figure out, you know, the chemistry between them in the midfield, but since they have, it's they've just been probably one of the best pairings in, in the Eastern Conference, I would say. Yeah, and also shout out to Kyle Zayetz in that match because as things were kind of getting out of hand and the Red Bulls were struggling a little bit and Charlotte was sort of clawing their way back in but didn't quite get the goal that you know maybe they deserved, uh, they uh, John brought Kyle off the bench and he immediately calmed things down and not long after... They score the the final goal of the match. I, th- I think it was like eight minutes after he came on, uh, the midfield sort of settled and they found some more chances and got the goal. So congrats. Let's get a man of the match. I didn't. Well, we can mention it because I'm sure I know where this is going. <laughs> well, it's Jared Stroud. I yeah. mean, a goal and assist. Uh, another great performance. Continues to show why uh, he should be called up to the first team. Uh, I just not much more that can be said that's not been said already. Yep, I fully agree. First ever Red Bull player to have 20 goals and 20 assists in their career. Not re- first Red Bull player, first Red Bull 2 player for 20 and 20. Jared, when you think about the sort of talent that has come through the club, it is a remarkable achievement that you are able to do that and be the first one to do that. So, congrats. Great stuff. Man of the match. Okay, that's all for our first segment. We're going to take a break now. When we come back, you're going to hear my talk with Evan Loro. So stick around. And we're back. I am so happy to be joined once again by Evan Loro. Evan, I had you on the show way back in season two. It seems like forever ago now. Thank you so much for coming on again. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's been a while. Yeah, and I mean, the circumstances within the team, I think your personal circumstances and performances, it's quite a different place from where I talked to you last and talked to you now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, uh, you know, when we last spoke, I was kind of just dipping my toe in the water of being a professional. Um, And, you know, after playing all these USL games and, you know, being around the first team every day, I think, you know, I've I've grown a lot in confidence and as a player for sure. So I think I'm, I'm moving in the right direction. If you had a chance to talk to Evan two years ago and give him a crucial piece of advice that you have since learned what would what would that be um honestly to just keep working sometimes you know especially being a keeper um you know only one can play you know what i mean so it's not like i can change positions and stuff like that so kind of just to stay patient and keep working because you know i know i know my time's gonna tell yeah and obviously it has you've been on a really great run just in terms of of 
playing time, but also I think I'm not a hundred percent sure because I, I am terrible at doing research before I talk to people, but I'm going to yeah. guess that this is probably statistically your best year so far. Yeah, I think definitely statistically and just, just the way I feel, I, I definitely feel super comfortable and, you know, I definitely think this has been a big step forward this year. What's the biggest difference this year uh, as opposed to the last two, just in terms of maybe team chemistry or, or the results that you guys have been able to achieve? Um, I, I think all, you know, the past, you know, I've been here three seasons, so it's essentially, I mean, you know how it's every year we kind of clean house and, you know, a lot of new guys come in and stuff like that. So I think every team is, is different, but, um, you know, last year and this year, I, I have a lot of guys that, you know, I played in the academy with. Um, so I think that's helped also. Um, and, you know, just playing throughout my youth career against a, a bunch of guys um, that are now on the team. Um, so having that kind of chemistry, I think definitely helps. Uh, also, Chris Love is my roommate. So when you got a stud like that, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you, you know, USL MVP, Jared Stroud. Um, you know, that definitely helps. I think that, you know, all the guys have, you know, really picked up the system well and everything's kind of firing on all cylinders and hopefully we can keep this going, uh, at the end, end of this, this year and take that into the playoffs. You know, when I look at Jared's uh, performances this year and how good he's been uh, for the team, it's almost a shame that Solomon Asante is having the season that he's having out there because it, maybe it's flying under the radar a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think, uh, you know, we're we're very lucky to have Jared. Um, you know, I think last year was kind of a good sneak peek at, you know, what he can do. And I think, uh, you know, him having a, a bigger role not only as a player but as a leader this year is it kind of fits him and uh you know he's he's due for it so I, I it's no surprise to all of us now i haven't really uh you know talked about this a lot but i have a theory that he may have had a sort of rookie of the year type scenario happen because his first goal his real breakthrough moment with the team was that face goal last year and ever since then like he got cracked in the face with the ball it rolled in and uh Things have been going his way. Yeah, I guess that's what it takes to get on the ESPN job. So looking at, at what you guys have done so far and looking at uh, the next couple of games, which are a difficult stretch. Obviously, St. Louis is playing really well right now. Louisville is always a, a tough out. What does the team need to do in these two matches? And are you guys watching the standings at all? Or is it is it more, you know, nose to the grind and, and try to get the results on your terms? Um, in terms of, you know, moving forward in the games coming up, um, I think, you know, we're as confident as anybody that, you know, we can get results anywhere. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, like, for instance, St. Louis, you know, they've, they've I think they struggled a little bit in the beginning, but they've really, you know, caught on recently. Um, and, you know, we, we just played them a couple weeks ago, and, you know, they gave us a really good game. Um, so, no, it's going to be tough. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Louisville, we, we have a lot of history with Louisville. We've been in the conference finals in the past, what, three years with – or four years? Three years with Louisville. Um, and, yeah, that field and, you know, that environment is not easy to play in, so that's definitely going to be a tough game. Yeah. The, um, oh, sorry, and, go ahead. And, no, 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 go ahead. I was going to say about that field, I, obviously you guys haven't played on Yankee Stadium, but the first team has had to endure that type of 
uh, field, but it's not, I think, anywhere near as bad as, as the field down in Louisville. Is, is that uh, more of a, an actual physical uh, um, detriment or is it kind of mental as well? No, it's it's definitely physical because it's not a, I think at Yankee Stadium, they roll actual sod over. At Louisville, they roll turf. So it's like a double surface field. It's turf and grass, yeah. which is very weird. And it's like kind of, uh, it's kind of like that field hockey turf where it's like really low and it's very slippery. And what makes it even worse is we don't warm up on that side. So essentially the first time you're touching that side is in the game. So it's, you, you have no time to get used to it. So it's, it's definitely a factor, but at the same time, we're, both of the teams are playing on the same field. So right. it, it doesn't really matter. And we kind of just have to get on with it in terms of the standings. I mean, we know that we're in first at the moment, but we also know that there's a bunch of teams breathing down our necks and, um, I think just the important thing for us is if we just kind of don't even worry about that stuff and just focus each game at a time, then then the results will take care of themselves and we'll end up on top. Was the the indie game a good wake up call for the for the team? Because it's I don't think that was a bad performance, but you mm-hmm. know it, it came down to which side was going to finish their chances. And I mean, you came up big on a number of plays, uh, but ultimately you guys walked away without any points. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was a good. Uh, good kind of jump start for us um you know i think in that game like you said we, i don't think we played bad i think we had a lot of chances and for whatever for whatever reason we weren't kind of connecting on those chances but you know we know that style we play we're gonna get 15 20 shots a game and you know how many times is that gonna happen where we get shut out like that i i think it's gonna be very few so I, we're, we're still confident definitely a good jump start to help us refocus but you know i think we're gonna be all right and heading into this final stretch, uh, having playoff games at home obviously would be a big help, but you guys have done well on the road uh, as well this year. I know I feel like I'm asking a lot of, you know, what's the difference between this year and last year questions. Uh, but again, you know, it's a young group. You do have some familiarity there and there are some you know big time leaders, I think, in the squad, yourself included. But getting mm-hmm. results on the road in USL is, is definitely a tricky endeavor but you guys are doing it very well. So what's the secret to that? Honestly, you know, I, I, I think this year it's, you know, just taking each game, you know, one at a time um, and really, you know, focusing in on the video and kind of, you know, I feel like in the past that's kind of been a little bit of a monkey on our back. I think, you know, last year, I, I mean, I forget what the date was, but I, we didn't win a uh, away game until, at least halfway through um you know i think this this year we we got ran right out of gates we got a win and i think that kind of just alleviated all the monkey on our back that everyone likes to say that constant pressure of you know is this going to be the one yeah for sure so i think winning early in the season kind of just took it all off of us and we can just worry about playing the game you know what i mean yep uh, and of course, another important factor of the game is your hair. Uh, when did, <laughs> when did you decide to dye it? What was the inspiration behind that? I mean, I've been seeing it, you know, in, I guess like I've seen some actors do it and I'm like, yeah, it looks pretty cool. And then, you know, I was talking to my girlfriend she's like, yeah, you should do it. And then I was talking to my barber and he, and he actually did it too. So, um, he's like, you know, it's just hair. <laughs> 
You don't yeah. like it, just shave it off and it'll grow back. And I'm <laughs> exactly. like, you know what? You're absolutely right. Let's do it. So I sat in a chair for two, two and a half hours, scrolled through Twitter, and kind of just passed the time as, you know, my head was burned. <laughs> what did the team uh, think of it? Uh, I think the first people that saw it, I think we had a home game with the first team, and I just, like, walked in the locker room and, you know, just said what's up to everybody before you know, as usual, and everyone kind of just triple looked me, and they're like, what the, <laughs> like, what is going on? But, I mean, I haven't really had any complaints, so oh, hopefully good. it came out all right. Yeah, I don't think it's like uh, Aaron Long mullet bad or anything, so I think you're pretty much in the clear there. Oh, I'm, I'm not touching that. <laughs> I'm not touching that but... no, that's fair. <laughs> Evan, uh, before I let you go, I know I've subjected you to the lightning round, but are you ready to face the new and improved lightning round? Let's let's do it. Okay. What is the title of your autobiography? Legend. Legend. I like it. Nice. Okay. If you could steal... <laughs> Chris is laughing in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> what's Chris's... Wait, I got to get Chris's answer to that too then. Chris. Right, what's, what's, my, what's my book name, Chris? <laughs> Loser. Loser. <laughs> Evan Loro, legend, loser. I like it. Uh, <laughs> if you could take credit for one great piece of art, if it's music, if it's film, uh, painting, what would that be? Um, Drake's God Plan. Okay. Music video. Legendary. Okay. <laughs> Fair. Another uh, a checkbox for legend. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's what we do. You're on. You're on death row. What is your last meal? Uh, death row last meal. Honestly, probably Chipotle. You are the second person to say that Chipotle. Tomorrow Chipotle. you're gone forever. Tonight Chipotle. Chipotle's pretty lit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I'll take your word for it. Um, have you ever successfully finished a game of Monopoly? Oh, yeah. I used to have, like, the app on my phone. Not against, like, a real person. Oh, okay. Like, I guess I should make that that uh, assessment. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, I guess. I'll give you credit. There's very few people who can do that, especially with uh, other people. <laughs> I think yeah, that's always was, a board flip. I, I was a lonely only child, so I didn't, much, didn't have much to do. So. <laughs> <laughs> so here's your chance to get back at Chris, if you want. Who is the <laughs> worst dancer on the New York Red Bulls 2? I got a two-way tie. Okay. I got a tie. And it's Chris for sure. Chris (laughs) is terrible. And then Jordan Scarlett. Oh, oh, okay. Jordan thinks he's so good, and he is trash. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. Well, Evan, thank you so much. Uh, I'm glad that you and Chris are having a good time. We wish you nothing but the best of luck in St. Louis. Thank you so much for having me. And when we come back, we're going to preview that match, so stick around. And we're back. Final segment time, guys, and that means game previews. Two this week. We got one Wednesday night. That's You're probably listening to this on Wednesday morning. Wednesday night against St. Louis FC. They had a rough patch there. They went through a a long stretch not winning any games, but 
they're on a four game winning streak, four one and zero in their last five matches, including a win over the team that was streaking at the time, Birmingham. Uh, they've come back down to earth a little bit as well, but this is a good team, especially at home. Ten nine and eight overall, seven one and five at home. They play at West Community Stadium in Fenton, Missouri, and uh, they do not like to lose at home. They don't do it. You might ask. You could say, hey, St. Louis, lose at home. They'll say, no, thank you. They're very <laughs> polite, believe it or not. Uh, but they are fantastic. They've got a plus two goal differential. We talked about them earlier in the season They when they came and faced the Red Bulls at MSU. Of course, that was a 2 nothing win for the Red Bulls. Both goals by Sebastian Elney in that, that match. Uh, but we saw the qualities that they have, and defense first is a big part of that. Now, the Red Bulls were able to get results over uh, Nashville at Nashville and to put in a good shift against Indy at Indy, but ultimately lose. But they're able to handle teams that are a little bit more stout defensively and generally get good results. So this could be this could be a, a nice matchup for them and a nice change of pace. Uh, for the Red Bulls, but definitely a lot of troubling things to keep an eye on, especially in the counter. Stat leaders, Kyle Grieg leads the team with seven goals, then Sam Fink with six, Russell Cicerone with five, Tyler Blackwood and Kadeem Dockeries with four, Caleb Calvert, uh, nope, Caleb Calvert uh, and Lewis Hilton have two goals apiece, then Audie Jepsen, Joaquin Rivas, and Albert Dickwa each have a single goal. They've also, on the assist side, got Lewis Hilton, five uh, for the year. Kyle Grieg, Mastenball, Kosher. Or no, sorry, Kyle Grieg with four. Mastenball, Kosher, uh, Matt Boehner. Uh, nope, I'm doing this terribly. I'm not reading my notes, guys. This is bad. Mastenball, Kosher with three. Matt Boehner, Russell Cicerone with two. Joaquin Rivas, Matt Thomas, Thomas Gomez, Bradley uh, Camden Fellow and Guy Ebend all have one apiece. Whew. I'm getting through it, guys. Uh, like I said, they, they are very much a team that is uh, defense first. Jake Fenlison and Thomas Gomez, who have started in goal for them, seven clean sheets for Jake, four clean sheets for Thomas. Not bad stuff. They they mean business, they take care of the ball, and they don't lose at home. This is going to be a tough matchup. And with the quick turnaround from Friday and then again another tough match on the weekend, I think we're going to see a lot of rotation and we're going to see a lot of sort of question marks over uh, who's going to be carrying the scoring weight. Joe, what, do, what should we expect in this match? Well, as you mentioned, St. Louis is a very uh, tough team to break down, especially at home. Only giving up 13 goals and and thir- 13 matches, so they're giving up about a goal a game. Uh, but I got to give a lot of credit to how Red Bull Two's played on the road this year. Um, I think, I believe they're the third. They have the third best record in the Eastern Conference on the road. Um, they scored a, a lot of goals this year. Uh, you know, they they've been in a lot of the game. It's now. I think except for one game against Pittsburgh this year, they've pretty much been in every game. They've played well. Uh, they've been unlucky with some of their results against uh, the Memphis game comes to mind. The Indy 11 game comes to mind. But 
you mentioned there's probably going to be some rotation. I I agree with that. I think I think this team is playing too well right now, though. Even their losses that you know they've 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 played well enough where I think they can they they should have won those games. And I think yeah, they're you know St. Louis tough team to break down. They don't lose at home, but something tells me that. The way this the Red Bulls two is played on the road this year, they don't really. There's but there's a lot of experience in this team. They haven't really slipped up, you know, too much. They've taken care of business, and I think this is going to be one of those games where it's a tough game, but I think they're going to be able to get the job done. And that would be fantastic. As we mentioned, uh, Indy Eleven breathing down their necks. Indy Eleven. Well, we'll we'll talk about them specifically, uh, but they have a game in hand, and every single point is going to be critical from this point forward if the Red Bulls want to be able to host a playoff match, which I think um, pretty much anyone that travels to MSU would be happy to see them host. St. Louis, to go, to find the last time they lost at home, you'd have to go all the way back to April 13th. It was against Birmingham, Birmingham Legion. That might have been one of their first wins of the season. Of course, they got uh, payback last week winning at Birmingham 2 nothing, but they had lost... April 13th, 2-3 to three at home. And since then, they've taken care of business. This, These are the teams that they've been able to get uh, wins. These are the teams they've beaten at home this season. Indy 11, Charlotte Independence, uh, Swope Park, you know, no big deal. Uh, uh, Bethlehem Steel, Hartford Athletic, Ottawa Fury, Nashville SC, and the New York Red Bulls question mark? We'll see. It's very, very, very interesting to see how this one's gonna play out. Joe, give me a prediction. Um it's gonna be a tough one. I think St. Louis is a good team. Um, but I think Red Bull two, again, as I've mentioned, playing too well right now. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go two nothing Red Bulls too. Wow, same, that... same result, same same result as with uh, the game at Montclair State. That would be a uh, a very big result for this team. I'm not as optimistic. I'm gonna say it's a uh, one one draw. Lots lots of rotation, one one draw. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> then the Red Bulls need to turn their attention way down south. <laughs> they're, no, they're already gonna be south. Uh, <laughs> to their favorite playoff rival, Louisville City FC. This is another tough match for them. We know the problems that Louisville can present. At MSU, the Red Bulls beat them one nothing. This is obviously a very different story. Playing Wednesday, playing against Saturday. Four points, I think, are critical this week. I'm not sure they're going to be able to do it, but it's definitely going to be interesting. Louisville, 13-7-8 overall, 3-0-2 in their last five matches, 8-3-3 at Louisville Slugger Field. I mentioned it during the interview with Evan. This field is bad, real bad. I think (laughs) Louisville cannot wait until their stadium opens, uh, which is either next year or the year after. It's going to be a little while, but I mean... Louisville Slugger Field is just a terrible place to see and to watch teams play. Ugh, awful. Uh, <laughs> stat leaders for Louisville City, Magnus Rasmussen, 10 goals. Luke Spencer, 7. 
and then a pretty big drop off. The rest of the team really sh- shares the responsibility. Abdu Mbake Tiam three, Neil McCabe two, George Davis two, uh, Paolo De Piccolo great name one, Pat McMahon one, Sonny Jane one, Brian Ownby one, and Napo Matsozo also one goal. On the assist side of things, Oscar Jimenez. See, I before the show, guys, I was talking about the 2008 Red Bulls. And Diego Jimenez is the guy that I was talking about. I called him Oscar Jimenez a bunch of times before I was like, "That I don't think that's right. I need to look it up. This is why. I've got Jimenez on the brain. Oscar Jimenez, in this case, five assists for uh, Louisville City. He's the leader there. Brian Ownby, Mbakai Tiam, Neil McCabe, George Davis, and Magnus Rasmussen all have two. And then Sean Francis, Taylor Pay. Alexis Suahi and Sean Toch all have one. We know what Louisville does. We know how they set up. And again, this is another one of those teams that's defense first, right? And they love to counter and they love to really uh, overload teams and overwhelm teams with their speed and athleticism. This is always a tough out for the Red Bulls too. And on the short week, I think it's even tougher. John Hackworth, the coach there, formerly of uh, Philadelphia Union, I, I just think that this is the kind of game that if I was the Red Bulls, I'm focusing on this one and I want to get a big result here because of the, the playoff loss is the last time that they uh, came to Louisville Slugger Stadium where they, I mean, they just got absolutely whomped uh, after taking the lead to start it. Uh, I think they're going to want to make a big uh, statement here. I'm not sure they're going to be able to do it. Well, what are your thoughts? Well, so the <laughs> Do you know what their record is in their last five trips to to uh, Slugger Field? I'm going to say like one, three, and one. You would be correct. Yeah. <laughs> they have not won in their last four trips to Louis to Louisville's uh, Slugger Field. I believe they, that their last win came in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And they had the lead late in the game. Uh, last year, and they, uh, this was in the regular season, I oh, believe. Oh, yes. I was yes. away on vacation. Yes. Um, yes, that was the match where they went down 2 nothing, stormed back, were up by 3-2, or three two, and then gave up a goal at the last minute on a set piece. Yes? Yes, and that was um, former head coach. Um, uh, his name escapes me right now. James O'Connor. James O'Connor's last match. So that that was and then obviously you have the the second half where Speedy Williams completely took them apart. Um so this is yeah, this is a game I think they've definitely circled on the calendar. Uh they 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 want this is a statement game for them if they beat Louisville if they beat Louisville on the road. Uh it it, it is a huge momentum boost going into the playoffs because uh I mean, you know, I think they're kind of. I think I, I still think they're maybe thinking about that that game against Indy Eleven. Like ah, oh, we kind of had it. And again, you mentioned the field. You know, this field is is terrible to play on. Um, but uh, something this Louisville team isn't the same. I, I think as last year. I really think they're missing. Um, they're really missing. Uh, Cameron. Uh, Cameron Cameron Lancaster. Lanca- yeah, Cameron Lancaster up top. Uh, Rasmussen's done a Rasmussen and 
Uh, Luke Spencer have done a good job filling in. They're still a pretty good team. They still, you know, they still are a very good. They're still a very dangerous team on the counter. I they, they just to me, they're just not scoring enough this year. I mean, you look at their results. You know, one nothing against Hartford. They drew Pittsburgh. They only managed one against Indy Eleven, one against North Carolina, two against Charleston. You know, they've only blown out a couple teams, one team in their last five matches or last ten matches, and that was Atlanta United too. Who Red Bulls, I almost you know could have easily put fifteen on them on a given night. So uh, I, I you know I just. For me, I think this is going to be a tough game because I think these two teams stylistically just match up well with each other. Uh, you know, Louisville is just tough to break down at times, but I think this is a game that Red Bull 2 is definitely circled on the counter. John Wolniak will have these guys prepared. I think it will be a squad similar to the one he put out against Charlotte, and I think they will get the job done. I certainly hope so. Let's get a prediction then. What, what do you think? I'm gonna say, all right. I'm thinking this is a this is a statement win. I'm gonna say three one Red Bulls too. Okay, fair. I feel pretty good about this one. You said two nothing in St. Louis. I yes. I feel that way about, and I'm gonna say this for Russ McKenzie. What whether or not you're listening, Russ Louisville. <laughs> it's Louisville. It would be like if they named a town after my last name. And they were like Goldsteinville. It's like, no, <laughs> my name is Goldstein. King Louis <laughs> is King Louis. It's not King Lua. No one no one tried to cut off the head of King Lua. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the Red Bulls are gonna win this one two nothing. I believe it. I'm dropping stuff over here. I'm not sure what that was. Uh I believe it. You can mark it down. Both of us will be wrong about both these games, but we'll see. <laughs> Okay, let's turn our attention very quickly to the uh, conference standings, and then we'll get the heck out of here. Standing at the top, the New York Red Bulls, too, remain in first place, 56 points, tied with Indy 11, who, as I mentioned, have a game in hand. Now, if for some reason these two are tied at the end of the season, right now for Indy 11 uh, to overtake that spot, they're going to have to make up a 13 goal difference in their goal differential to take over for the Red Bulls. So there, there is some good stuff there, but uh, I think Indy's got the momentum and I would be very surprised if they don't finish up top. I think Red Bulls are going to be number two in this one. In any event, uh, just underneath them, Nashville SC, they won tonight. They're on 54 points now, but uh, they played a game more than the Red Bulls and uh, two more than Indy 11. So keep an eye there. Then the Tampa Bay Rowdies on 53 points. Pittsburgh Riverhounds on 51. Bob Lilly still getting it done. Uh, North Carolina FC and Louisville on 47 points. Ottawa Furia on 39. That's a pretty big drop off from that point. Uh, St. Louis FC on 38 points. And Birmingham Legion clinging to a playoff spot with 36 points. Just below them, Zico Lewis and the Charleston Battery on 35 points. Then Memphis uh, 901. I mean, they're the best of the bad, but uh, they're on top of that list. They're in 12th. They've won three straight, beat Atlanta, Swope Park, and Loudoun. So they're beating up on the teams they should. Uh, but they got whomped by Tampa Bay just before that 5 nothing. Uh, <laughs> in any event, <laughs> Memphis uh, 901. They're on 28 points. Then Bethlehem Steel 27. Charlotte Independence 26. Loudoun uh, tw- and Atlanta United on 24. 
Hartford, 22, and Swope Park Rangers on 19. I am so happy for Hartford that they're not going to finish the bottom of the table. Truly. I really, truly am. I mean, they, they still could. Uh, all right, fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've done well enough over the last couple of weeks that they it would really shock me if they do. But And Swope Park has been so, so bad. Let's see. Swope Park, uh, well, they got a chance. They got Charlotte, Loudon. Birmingham and Hartford in their next couple of matches and they finish up against Ottawa, Louisville and Indy. So not really a lot of points out of those matches, I would think <laughs> at West. Oh, and I didn't mention, but uh, the, the Red Bulls clinched a playoff spot with their win against Charlotte and Charleston's loss last week to the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. Congrats, New York Red Bulls. Again, every single year they've existed, they've made the playoffs and uh, this might be the just the second time that they enter the playoffs as a top uh, one or two seed. So that's very, very exciting. Indy 11 also qualified for the playoffs with that loss. Congrats, guys. Out West, big deal. F- Phoenix Rising clinched home field advantage. They have a 21-point lead over number two and number three, Reno and Fresno, respectively. Hot damn. Congrats, Junior Flemings and uh, and Jose Aganaga. You guys are doing really well out there. I'm glad your team is doing well. Uh, let's see. Uh, Who are the, well, I'm gonna. Well, well, the fans uh, fans are uh, kind of got out of control during that Galaxy. Oh, game. that's uh, right. Yeah, and, and we didn't even talk about that. That game was abandoned per USL rules, uh, even though uh, it was not done. The game was abandoned because stuff was being thrown on the field. It was kind of an ugly scene. They were up four to one at the time, and that scoreline stuck. And that definitely got in the craw of some people. I don't expect uh, Los Dos to have come back from four to one in the 75th minute or, or anything, but uh, people were, were basically in, inferring that uh, the fan behavior. And I I did not follow this story close enough, Joe, so you can absolutely correct me if I'm wrong here, but it sounded like this was behavior from the Phoenix Rising fans. The game was abandoned, and the team is essentially awarded points for that action. Uh, that's pretty much what happened. From what I've heard, uh, it wasn't the fans that uh, committed the acts were not a part of the group, uh, either fa- or like the either of the big fan base groups that were associated with the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if USL will make them play a game in an empty stadium possibly, or like a behind closed doors game, or they will be, a, there has to be a punishment. I mean, you can't get, I mean, I get it that, you know, it's not the club's fault. It's not, you know, the, the fan base's fault, but it, it, when this happens, there has to be a punishment. There has to be some type of punishment. I mean, I know the club, you know, issued a statement, and, you know, you know, there, there's been a lot of, you know, a lot, but there's been a lot of backlash from something like this because this happens and, you know, we see this happen in Europe all the time and we see this happen. I, I, I don't really think it's as common in MLS. I mean, there's some stuff that happens, but especially with the flares, it's common in Europe with this stuff. And uh, it's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous for the players. I mean, there was completely uncalled for. They were running away with the game. Um. And after the game was stopped, the, the fan I think a fan threw a, a flare at the keeper, if I'm not mistaken. And hit him, right? And hit him, yeah. yeah. And, you know, uh, I don't, I mean, listen, 
they could dock them a certain amount of points. They can make them play a, a closed door game. But I, I think one of those two is is appropriate. I mean, maybe both is appropriate. Make sure something like this doesn't happen again. I know it's not the club's fault, but USL has to do something about this. They I, they already ruled them in favor of the match. The yeah. match are in favor of them, which again, it's understandable. They were up four one. I believe there was only like seven minutes left to go on the game. Los Dos wasn't coming back from that, right. but you still need to enforce some type of punishment. Yeah, I fully agree with that. I and I, you know, to um, to sort of uh, um, it, oh, what's the word I'm looking for here? To preface that, you know that Joe Steen is a avid uh, Phoenix Rising. Uh, a supporter generally <laughs> he's not just talking garbage because it's the, it's some sort of um uh social issue here this was this was bad showing from the fans or from that fan or fan uh, who was two, involved two fans involved um but they they were actually well because us uh, usl i believe before they were phoenix rising when they were arizona united they fielded an eligible player and they were docked three points for that Right. So, I don't know. I I I'm interested to see if it, there has to be some type of punishment and what what comes down when they uh, actually. If I mean, it's been a few days. I mean, since the incident, but I'm I'm assuming they're trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, hopefully, we we get an answer to that soon, and we don't see any more of that. I really would like to see that stop. Uh, okay, very quickly to get down the rest of the list, I'm just going to go in order for the West. We don't care about their points, right? Um, although, you know, to note, it's still only a six point difference from four to 10 in, or four to uh, 11 in the West, a seven point difference down to 12, and an eight point difference down to 14. That's still so insane at this point in the season. Anyway, uh, so it's Phoenix at top, Reno, Fresno, Sacramento, Orange County. Real Monarchs, also, oh, you know what? Real Monarchs uh, just won a match. <laughs> they're up, no, they're up. They're up oh. nothing right now. <laughs> ah, okay, it pushed them up in the standings when I was saying that. Um, they're live standings on USL, guys. Uh, Austin Bold, New Mexico United, Los Dos, LA Galaxy 2, and San Antonio. So it looks like Los Dos might make the playoffs. That's kind of exciting. OKC is below the line with El Paso, Portland 2. Ooh, they Again... Great start to the season. Terrible finish. Las Vegas Lights FC, Rio Grande Valley, Tulsa Roughnecks, Colorado Springs Switchbacks, and last in, oh no, just in the West, Tacoma Defiance, 20 points. (laughs) Yowzers. Uh, In any event, that's it for us today. You can follow us on Twitter at underscore Joe Goldstein. I'm at jstein 15 and if you want to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And you can follow our written work at RB News Network, where uh, we only put out positive stories to appease the comms people. Just be aware, our our coverage is biased uh, as a, uh, a directive. <laughs> In any event... Uh, you can find us at facebook.com slash raising bulls. You can go to raisingbulls.com where we keep all of our episodes. You can even send us questions to questions at raisingbulls.com. That's questions at raisingbulls.com. 
We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us, rate us, review us. It helps. Every bit helps push us up the algorithm. Do you do the duty, and we'll keep doing ours. We're part of the Beautiful Game Network that covers MLS, USL, Premier League, and NWSL. They have a tremendous amount of coverage on the Beautiful Game, hence the name of the network. Uh, but their USL coverage is second to none. Ton of great shows out there like uh, 1868 Weekly, Down in the Valley, Old Glory, Red Report, St. Louis Soccer Report, Texas Soccer Radio, The Unused Substitute, and Tornado Alley. And of course, the USL Show. Friends of the show, the USL Show. Lots of great podcasts, lots of great written content. Make sure you go to bgn.fm for all your USL needs, guys. And last but not least, I want to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, for Evan Loro, for Joe Steen, thank you very much and have a great day. <laughs>